hello everyone and welcome to our podcast. Uh, my name is Tal and this is Pay Attention. Uh, together is, uh, today is actually a very special episode, uh, not like the usual ones, uh, because today I have a guest with me and I would like to introduce you to Victoria Scholtes, who is the founder and CEO of uh, PSP Angels, who is a payment consultant that we've been, uh, we, we know each other for, you know, I think three years, more or less. Uh, and she is an expert on today's topic of what is a good PSP. That's right. Thank you very much for the invitation, Paul. I'm, I'm very honored to, to be on this podcast. Actually, I'm listening to this podcast, so I was secretly hoping that I get invited one day. But thank you very much for the opportunity. It's, um, it's, a, it's a really interesting and informative podcast. So thank you. <laughs> first of all, you're, you're our first guest. And um, before we actually uh, begin, there is one, uh, one debt that I have to our uh, audience that I wanted to, to get your help with. Uh, clearing. Uh, we have a lot of uh, every every time we have um, uh, a podcast. I always mention that together with me uh, in the podcast, we also have Miri, our editor, and uh, some of the people that have uh, written to us have said that uh, Miri doesn't exist and she's a figment of my imagination. So, could you please just confirm that she is actually a live person and she's with us in the room? That's true. Yes, I've seen her, so I can confirm that. <laughs> All right. So, Kevin618, um, there you have it. Um, okay, so the reason I, I, I wanted to, to have you uh, in particular on this podcast is because we, we were debating, and this is a question that we get quite a lot on, what, what, would, what, does it, you know, what constitutes a good PSP? And... Um, I, I was debating together with Miriam how we should approach this. And, uh, then I saw your post on LinkedIn, um, about, you know, you should look for PSPs that, uh, provide facts and not fiction or not promises that they can't keep. Um, and I would say my opinion, and I think you share it, obviously it's your post. Uh, this will be the first thing that I would look for. Definitely, and um, let's go back a little um, and just uh, just show to the to the audience that uh, what is my background and where I'm coming from, because as payment consultants, we've got the luxury not to say no to any merchant. So whoever might be falling outside of the risk appetite for certain PSPs, we still talk to those merchants and we try to help them. So many times we see that uh, when we have an application, um, which is not the right application for some PSP partners. Um, those merchants uh, just don't know better. And um, it's very hard to be a startup merchant or, or being in a high-risk industry nowadays because there is no information online of what to look for, right? So what we need to, to understand is that once we are talking about high-risk merchants. The risk is for the merchants as well when it comes to high-risk providers. So many times we see that uh, we've got an application where the company is, let's say, outside of the EU, but they are targeting EU. Uh, they don't have a volume because they are startup, obviously. Um, they don't have a business plan, which is obviously vital for the application. And these guys are getting rejected. And no one really tells them why. So... 
many times whoever is accepting them is going to be high risk as a provider. Why? Because whoever uh, is accepting a high risk merchant, that means that they are uh, providing obviously higher risk to the merchants as well. So obviously when we are talking about EU providers uh, who are very trustworthy, the technology is put on, uh, those guys, like those PSPs are obviously swimming in application. So what we see on the market that there is more demand than supply. And if there is more demand that the PSPs can afford to cherry pick all the best merchants who've got the best volume, who've got the best uh, uh, processing history. Uh, and and obviously all those merchants who just started or, or they don't really know what they are doing, they are falling out of this category. So they are left with all those PSPs of the hungry salespeople, <laughs> obviously when you're having an application, your first time you're speaking to sales, who are over-promising and under-delivering. And not because the merchant itself is a wrong merchant, it's just because they don't fit in the risk appetite of those big guys who might provide really good services. And they got hoovered up by all these non-EU providers where the technology is not that high-tech as the merchant would imagine. For example, they need recurring payments, but the provider cannot provide that, or the fee is going to be some somewhat ridiculous, or or uh, there's a high risk uh, of getting the the rolling reserve back. So those are the kind of things what we see on the market that a lot of PSPs are over promising but under delivering, and not because they are doing anything wrong, but just because the PSP might not even know it better. Um, sometimes the PSPs that uh, provide these higher risk uh, services might be, I don't know, four or five people sitting in somewhere in uh, Southeast Asia processing through uh, whatever Chinese bank. And they became high risk, not because of their doing anything wrong or their services is necessarily wrong, but the underlying bank might take some other kind of verticals that they shouldn't. And, and that's when the whole thing goes wrong. So that's why we try to give to, to our clients a bit more background information, why you get rejected, how to put together an application form, which is more desirable for the reliable providers and try to get accepted in this way, because what we see that no one really tells them you're rejected. Why? No one knows. So this is the kind of kind of gap that uh, I'm trying to fill. And and the reason being is that at one point I was the desperate merchant and no one ever told me why I got rejected and, and why do I get completely random fees? Sometimes I get 3%, sometimes I get 13% and everything in between. Why? So that's where, where I started to uh, to do my research and, and I had some aha moments when, when I had a chat with... Um, couple of PSPs, couple of acquiring banks. And, and then they told me that, well, if you had an EU company, you would have been accepted on lower rates. Aha. So now I know and, and I can help those merchants who don't get this information because obviously it's not publicly available. So that's why I posted this post because uh, this is what I see. A lot of struggling merchants, but uh, we try to help them. So I hope I hope the, the world is going to optimize in a place that uh, in, in a way that uh, it's going to be much more uh, clear. The high risk is, is not going to be no longer separated that sharply from the low risk entities. And, and I hope that uh, we're going to reach a point when um, everybody could have access to reliable uh, and high tech processors, regardless of what's their risk level. 
I think you, you mentioned thing that uh, you mentioned a term that to me is sort of, uh, you know, it, it's like red uh, for a bull, uh, high risk. And I think, uh, you know, my problem with that term and, you know, I hopefully the audience that have listened to the, the, the previous uh, episodes, they, they already know. But for the ones joining us just because of you, uh, it's um, I think that, you know, as a species, uh, I, sorry, I, I'm, I'm in a philosophical mood, but as a species, uh, we are a very impatient species. So we, we want to uh, we want to make quick judgments. We don't want to actually use our little brains to process information and to, uh, to, to reach new assumptions. You want to see something and immediately jump to a conclusion. And oftentimes, uh, the reason that some merchants are considered high risk, uh, I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, is because uh, nobody actually bothered to understand what that merchant is doing. And, and very much like you've mentioned, uh, oftentimes it's, it's because the merchant has done a bad job at actually explaining themselves because they, they, you know, and we see this a lot, you know, we see merchants uh, coming to us and say, I sell hot dogs, but it's in a hot dog stand, but they also sell boots uh, and it's together with the hot dogs. And, and you finish the conversation, it's like, what? Uh, so, and, and then obviously, okay, yes, you're high risk simply because I have, you have no idea what you're doing, but uh, sometimes it's just the merchant is, knows very well what he's doing. But they're just talking to the wall. Uh, nobody's on on the other side is actually listening or looking into that. They're just looking. You just work with people uh, who are constantly looking to tick boxes. And whenever you come to them and there's something that doesn't, uh, they can't tick the box, then it's immediately a rejection. Uh, so I would I would take what you you said, and I would also add to that that a good PSP. Uh, is also a PSP that that would you know stop and, and actually listen and pay attention to to who you are uh, and to what you have to say before saying no because maybe I, I don't know maybe it, it does make sense it's just packaged in a different way that may look bad on on the outside but when you actually look into it it's, it's actually all good. I couldn't agree more. Just think about it, that salespeople are working for obviously money and they're working for commission. So if you have 30 applications a day, of course, you're going to cherry pick the ones which make perfect sense, who's got a good processing history, clear, clear business plan, uh, know what they are doing, and then you don't need to dig deeper. Is it a good thing? Definitely not, because we should we should help the merchants because it's our profession and our responsibility to help those merchants to get on the market and, and help them to, to flourish. But many times what we see is that the salespeople, obviously they are concentrating on their own commission. They are promising the moon and the sky. They are cherry pick the best merchants and they try to try to onboard as many as, as, as possible simply because they are thinking about their own pocket. Who will pay for their fees to consult the merchant? Who will actually cover those missed out time, what they could spend on selling the solution other than explaining that, well, if you want to set up a company, this is how much does it cost, go here, I've got a lawyer friend. No one has time for that. And this is the biggest problem that I see, that people are getting rejected left and right, and, and no one really explains them why and, and how they can process in a safer and, and cheaper, more reliable way, other than payment consultants. So, so that's the kind of personal, uh, personal uh, attitude that I'm taking that I'm, I'm trying to help the merchants in this way. 
For, first of all, I'm, I'm definitely on your side in this, you know, and I think it's, uh, I call it the great crusade, uh, because when you understand uh, that, you know, merchants are businesses and businesses deserve a chance to succeed, uh, and that we within the payment sphere, we need to be enablers of business rather than uh, crushers of businesses. Uh, and I, th- I think that a lot of organizations don't don't understand that. So I, I know, you know, it's not the first conversation we, we are having. I, I know that, we, you know, we see things eye to eye. Uh, but you've you've mentioned a lot the, you know, salespeople. Do you do you think it's it's just a s- sales problem or I, I would say, you know, in, in my view, I think it's not just the problem of the salespeople, but it's uh, the organizations that legitimize that sales practices because you know the way i see it if if someone were to come to the salesperson and say look it, it your job is not to make uh, the biggest commission possible your job is to help as many merchants as possible maybe it would breed a different type of salesperson or or do you think i'm just you know deluded ideologist no i agree with you completely but you have to understand that if there is a monopole situation on the market when there is more demand than supply obviously the first thing that falls out is the customer service why do i need to do the extra step i'm getting applications anyway so when we see a shift in the supply and demand collaboration that there's going to be more supply than than demand that's when the customer service is being added to the picture that's when you've got dedicated account managers that's when big companies with millions of processing volumes have no problem with the payment processing because everybody is there to help them to guide them but who wants to guide the 5000 volume little merchant who just uh, put their supermarket from the street on the uh, online and, and and they are trying to figure out what's going on no one no, no one has time to explain the chargeback for them no one has time to explain uh, the rolling reserve how to optimize the cost how to plan payments no one has time for that so if the psps could actually motivate their sales staff to take on a bit more customer service Yes. Until then, unfortunately, we are we are we are the only ones who can help here as a payment consultant because no one else is taking that um, that hat on. We'll see in the future because what I can see is that uh, there's going to be a little more um, uh, balance as as we move forward. Uh, there's going to be uh, more regulations, so the acceptance criteria there's going to be more unified. Uh, so if you apply to PSPA or PSPB. Soon, I trust it's going to be the same service for the same price because the market equals each other out sooner or later. But on deal, we need to we need to deal with what we have and and, and try to merge uh, try to help the merchants in a in a best possible way. Now, the other thing that we need to 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 understand is that um, how the regulator or even the government uh, takes uh, responsibility for that because if they want to increase. Um, the variation uh, of the of, of the market. They want to increase the uh, the success for small and medium uh, sized enterprises. But all the regulators are putting obstacles for the application for the AML policy for the you know you have to KYC everyone. Then obviously there is a little paradox here. So if we help startups, we should help startups with the relevant payment processing options as well as well as banking options. So you should not then um, put a penalty on the banks just because they are taking startup companies. Uh, we should somehow try to help them as well and not just 
feed the monopole situation that only the big guys get the best fees and the most reliable providers and whoever is a startup they don't even have an opportunity to start anywhere because there is no payment provider for them I think uh, th- there is a bit of a, um, a misconception with regards to startup. I, I agree with you. They, they are perceived to be uh, more risky. Uh, and to be honest, maybe in a way they, they are. But uh, everybody started, everybody started at, as, as, uh, you know, as a startup at some point. And this, this usually reminds me of... Um, it very much reminds me of a story and and you know i i, lo- I really like history and i i really like especially history that deals with bl- blood and gore uh and th- this reminds me that you know there was um part of the uh of the persian empire that um received one day so the emperor there received like a caravan that came from a really small nomad tribe somewhere and they said you know we we want to trade with you we 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 want to have trades with you and the persian king said you know just chop the the messenger's head off and you know throw him away you know it's we're not interested uh and the the ruler of the tribe said okay you know maybe maybe my offering was not attractive enough so he 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 brought in a bigger caravan and filled that caravan with gold and silk and, and, you know, all kinds of things. And he sent another messenger to try and get a trade deal. And the, the messenger came in and the king said, uh, don't you understand? I said no. And he chopped this guy's head off and he, he returned uh, his head back to that tribe. And the, that small tribe was um, the Mongols and the tribe leader was Genghis Khan. And he was not happy about this. And uh, eventually it ended with the collapse of, of the Persian Empire over there. And, and I think that, the, you know, the, to make a long story short, the, the, the moral of this story is, one, don't mess with Genghis Khan. The second thing is you never know if that 5,000 a month merchant is going to be a 50 million a month merchant. And if you don't give th- that merchant a chance, uh, yes, you know, most 5,000 merchants a month are not 50 million and will never be, but some of them are. And uh, when you start, um, I think this is another characteristic of the good PSP, when you start segmenting and differentiating your uh, treatment to, I give good treatment to big ones and I give really bad treatment for little ones. Um, I think it's an indication of a PSP that has their um, priorities mixed up because you should put more attention to the smaller ones because they don't know. And you need to give them all the tools to grow and you need to give them all the help and nurturing that they can so they can live up to their potential. And maybe their potential is 5,000 and it will stop at that. But maybe their potential is 50 million and you just need to help them reach that. And it's part of your responsibility as a service provider, as a partner of theirs, uh, to help them achieve that. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? Where Where's your USP? Yes, and uh, and first of all, let me add that that uh, you know the Persian Empire should have done a bit of better due diligence there. So yeah. <laughs> shame with the compliance, but. Uh, 
Um, but yes, and 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 think about the uh, long term, uh, because the PSPs who are here for a short term, obviously there's a reason for that, right? Because they want to harvest the low-hanging fruits, uh, disappear with the with the high uh, volume merchants in, uh, in, uh, in in a, in a few months on board them, and then who knows how long they will last. But if you are loyal to a smaller volume merchant, that that merchant will process years after years after years and they will remember you when they start up their own uh, next company and the next company in the group and um, we have a lot of returning customers uh, many of them maybe we couldn't serve a year ago uh, but uh, but they come back to us because uh, we are trying to be as honest and as uh, transparent as possible and uh, we give all the information that they need to make a decision if they want to onboard with this PSP or with that PSP. But what we see is that the bottom line is that who is replying to them first, obviously the speed of the service, and of course uh, the, the, the reliability of the PSP, because if the PSP is always achievable, they are helpful, then I can rely on them. That moving forward, if I have any problem with my processing or I have any questions, they will be there for me. And uh, that's when they are willing to pay maybe a bit more, but they have the peace of mind that uh, they can trust their money with a reliable partner. And that's, I think, the key, the long term. You, you mentioned uh, uh, several times the issue of, of communication. You mentioned it now that you need to have someone that answers fast or, or the fastest and, and you know, someone who uh, gives you an, an honest uh, answers because you mentioned that in the past when you, when you were on the merchant side, you, uh, nobody explained to you what was the issue and what was the problem and gave you a chance to, to sort of fix it. And this really reminds me of, I, um, I, I heard a, an interview um, a couple of weeks ago with, with a guy called uh, Helmi Ashibli. He's the uh, founder and CEO of, uh, uh, it's a textile company. They make uh, uh, bags and things like that called uh, Alpha One Niner. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned is that um, you always need to communicate with your clients. Whether you have good news, bad news, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to communicate with people. And he said that, you know, you think that people uh, are um, would feel negatively towards you if you deliver bad news. Uh, but he said, you know, no, actually, people appreciated that you have honest communication with them and you inform them of problems that you might have. And he gave an example of uh, there was a, um, a defect in, 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 in the sales process and things were running a bit late. So you could sort of hide it, but people would find out instead be honest about this, tell people what the problem is, give them a chance to to deal with the, the information and keep them constantly in the loop. I think that information is, is very important. And too often I see in our industry people that know things, they keep that knowledge to themselves rather than sharing it with the merchant because they're afraid that if the merchant would know what I know, he would work with somebody else. And I think it's, it's just misguided because if the merchant knows that you know and that you constantly and consistently share that information with him, why would he go somewhere else? Exactly. And if think about it in another way, if you were the merchant, you would felt, feel that I got ripped off here. I'm processing with these guys because they never told me that I can do cheaper, quicker, better, whatever with the, with the competition. And yes, that's the, that's the secret here because uh, the salespeople want to sell. 
So their motivation is to onboard you as soon as possible off to the next one. And then if you have any questions or problems or issues, you can deal with the customer service later as an onboarded client. So if you can just um, uh, just see behind the sales pitch, that's when we when we really see that uh, what is that PSP about? What is that service really about? Uh, when we read through that lengthy contract, which specifies what are the fees, what are the terms and conditions, that's when we find out that ah, uh -huh, or no one ever told me this. So. And also, if you think about it, in, in our industry, because we are dealing with, with, with other people's money, uh, it's very important uh, that we have a personal uh, connection uh, with the clients as well. Because um, it's very hard to gain the trust of someone and it's very easy to lose it. So when we are when we are talking about uh, processing on behalf of, of a merchant and, and we are collecting and keeping funds on behalf of a merchant as a PSP or an acquiring bank, uh, then it's very, very important uh, that we have the personal connection because um, the merchant is trusting the money with you, Tal. For him, you are the service provider so if you can actually gain their trust that's when uh that's when the long-term uh cooperation is, is guaranteed so that's what we see that uh, whoever is quick and 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 uh, responsive and communicating well will gain on the long run more clients and more reliable clients and that's what i think makes a psp uh successful on the long term I, I very much agree with that. I think that, you know, people don't understand that, you know, when you deal with money, uh, one, uh, you know, money tends to bring the negative sides of people. Uh, and obviously, it's a very sensitive topic uh, for everyone, not just in business, but also in personal life. Nobody likes to talk about money. And the second thing is that this is money is is the fuel on which these businesses run. And I think oftentimes a lot of providers forget that point. Uh, I had the, um, a couple of years ago, we, we worked with a provider and they decided, uh, you know, to them, it was just a turn of a button. Uh, they were like, uh, yeah, we're going to close processing for this, this merchant. And um, we, we managed to sort of uh, stop that decision from happening. But one of the things that we did, we, we invited them to come to the country where the merchant was situated. And we took them to meet the merchant and we said, look, look at this place. There are 200 people working here and the repercussions of you stopping processing. That means that we have to come here and tell 200 people, take the day off, no salaries for you. Um, and and this is this is the, the implication of some of the things that you do. And, and I, I oftentimes, okay, not oftentimes, I sometimes feel that not every provider actually understands um, the consequences of what can happen if you make a decision uh, and, and how many people that could impact. Um, and, and we're talking about, it could be a very simple decision. Just imagine, you know, you, you're not going, you're going to hold settlement for legitimate reasons. You're holding a settlement because you, you're very concerned about the risk performance of the merchant, but you decide to do this before the end of the month and you know that the merchant, that they're paying salaries on the first of the month. That, that could mean that on the first of the month, you have X amount of employees that don't get paid. If they don't get paid, they don't pay rent. If they don't pay rent, they don't have a place to live. They don't have, you know, 
money to buy food to feed their children. And, and I, I don't see that in 100% of cases, this, this trickles down this understanding. Uh, sometimes it's just, you know, this merchant is some LTD uh, line 738 on the CRM. Uh, yeah, terminate. Uh, move the move the box from uh, uh, active processing to deactivated. It's just a click of a button, uh, and and that this really bothers me. Yes, and of course, if you think about it, with the pandemic, everything moved online, so no longer personal connection. And this just adds fuel on the fire that we are more distant. We are really concentrating on the data, on the business which is from one end, it's great because then we can see through all those personal connections which might affected our decisions in the past. But also what you mentioned that we are losing the the human touch, the human element. We are having conversations on Zoom and on on, uh, Google Meets or whatever on the internet uh, instead of traveling and taking time to meet our business partners. And that also affects the trust uh, very significantly. And of course, this is a this is a perfect opportunity for all the scammers to come out as well, because uh, if you, you can pretend whoever you want to be online and you can send whatever documents online altered. So that also adds um, the uh, the trust building obstacles, what we see uh, from the from the PSPs, because I don't know you. I don't trust you. If you cannot provide this, 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 you're going to be switched off. That's it. Freeze the account off to the next one. So this, of course, uh, adds to, to soul to injury. So that's the problem. No, I, I understand that. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound naive. Um, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of bad, bad providers out there. But I think you can't move through life uh, in, in an atmosphere or in an attitude of, of mistrust. Because... Um, if you mistrust everyone you meet, you meet, um, then you you apply this one hundred percent of the time. On the other hand, if you come with a trusting attitude, not everyone is going to. Uh, you, this, I wanted to say fuck you up, but you know, I think I can. It's my podcast, so we don't have moderation. Uh, so yeah, not everyone is going to take advantage of your trusting nature. Yes, there are some assholes out there that will take advantage of you. But I think if you uh, if you're a good PSP and you build good risk management procedures inside it, you build it with a certain tolerance that you know you can tolerate uh, this. Now, yes, you will get some damage, but it won't be the it won't be the the, the maximum damage. It's very similar to you know when you uh, uh, you know wake up at, in the middle of the night and you want to go to the bathroom and it's dark. You you put your hand. Your, your hands up because if you, if there's a wall you don't want to meet it with your nose uh, you want to meet it with your hand first and I think you know if you have good risk systems you do that if you have bad risk systems either you smash your face in the wall every time you go to the bathroom or you just you know don't go to the bathroom and then you stay up all night uh, wishing yes. you had um so, yes, yes th- of course, of course. But of, of course, as a merchant, you've got some kind of responsibility to, to eliminate these risks or, or uh, try to reduce it as much as possible. Uh, get the license, get the uh, KYC provider, get that extra due diligence when you're filtering out your own clients, get that uh, business plan, which 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 has the, the, the proper financial planning. So the 
the lower risk you are, the lower risk you take when you're picking your payment service provider. This is what I usually say. So yeah. I I love it when someone comes to me and they say, well, I don't have a website. I've got a great idea. They are mentioning everything which is high risk from the recurring to holding third party funds and, and basically everything. And then they ask me that, right, so... Um, find me someone who is super reliable and basically close to zero fees. And, and of course, I have to explain that to them, that, listen, you need to shape up your company to a desired level to be accepted by a decent ESP with the, with the reliable processing and the, and, the, and the security as well. Many times the merchants forget that the, the higher risk they are, the higher risk the provider will be who, who is taking them. And uh, it's not only for the payment processing, but also for the banks. So if you are not accepted by your high street bank, then the first thing that you need to do is just have a look at your own uh, operations and try to shape up uh, to the point when your next application is going to get accepted. I, uh, I remember this a lot uh, when, when I used to work in consulting. So th there is a lot of um, misunderstanding of the parameters that would, would cause risk uh, on behalf of merchants. So I, I oftentimes, you know, I would hear things like, what, I'm only selling guns. Why would that make me high risk? Or yeah. look, I'm only selling drugs. Why would it make me high risk? And um, do, you, do you think that this is, this is a, a big problem that uh, merchants, they, they just don't understand uh, how risky they, they are? Or is They're it a problem right. of the, sorry, or is it a problem of the PSP that they just miss, uh, misunderstand the merchants? There are two types of merchants. One who has... No clue. They've got the good attitude, the genuine interest. They really want to, to run a good operation, but they just don't know better. I had a client who decided that I will help the local doggy shelter. So they set up a website and started to collect donations online without any kind of license. And of course, they were a bit shocked when they find out that obviously Visa MasterCard is not really supporting any kind of unregulated donation website. The, the willingness was good. They were trying to help, but they just don't know better because why would you? Not everybody is familiar, mainly when you're trying to collect donations for your local dog shelter, that what are the, the rules and regulations that you need to adhere to. So those are the kind of merchants that we are really trying to help. Obviously, we need to explain why you're not getting accepted, how you get the license. We try to send them to the relevant uh, law firm who can help them with the licensing and, and try to help them with the business plan or, or, or any other necessary, necessary documents that, uh, that uh, they need for the good application. And then there is the other side of the market where the merchant knows exactly that they are high risk, but they just don't want to change it. And they are willing to take higher risk because these guys are not here for a long run. Not, those are the kind of guys that if they got rejected, I agree with them because, because obviously you should play by the rules and the regulations are there for a reason. So if you don't have to, the, the necessary license to process in one country, there is a reason why you don't find payment processes, right? So we try to filter out uh, uh, those merchants and, and, and try to make a difference between the first category to the second category. But what we see is that uh, many times the compliance things that everybody belongs to the scammer category. And that's when uh, good guys getting rejected without any, any reply and any explanation.
you mentioned in the, uh, the the previous category it reminded me that uh, once in in ice um, the the gambling conference uh, th- this guy came up to me and this was the first thing that came out of his mouth which is usually to me like a red flag uh, the first thing that he said was uh, I process 100 million a month uh, and I said okay and then he said but um, it's it's 100% US uh, can you uh, can you help me with that? Uh, obviously, you know, it's gambling uh, merchant. Um, and, you know, my, my initial thought was because I, I try to be a polite person. I, I don't always succeed. So my initial reaction was like, sure, should I get you some, you know, nukes along with it? Um, but, you know, we, we parted ways and you, you have these people. I, I'm pretty sure that he's processing somewhere. Uh, I, I, I am 100 percent confident that this 100 million is routed somehow through something. Um, it's it's, yeah, it's usually so the case, yeah. Yes, of course. But but my favorite is that when I tell them that listen, um, I think you are better off burning your money because you've got ninety percent chance that uh, at one point the provider will not pick up the phone and they will disappear with your funds. I know, and I take the risk. So if your answer is that you know exactly that you've got ninety percent chance to get rid of, then there is a. What are you doing here, really? Yeah, they they know and they they are willing to take the risk until it actually happens, and then it's your fault. Of course. Uh, yeah, I, I I know these guys as well. <laughs> so yes, of course, uh, you get those guys. Uh, of course, because if, if, if there is a good opportunity to uh, to get money, of course, there's going to be good guys and bad guys on the way. But um, what, what we see is that um, there are a lot of merchants who just don't know better. And uh, with a bit of hand-holding, with a bit of help, a couple of hours of explaining how the industry works, they could really easily fit in the medium risk category. And then they can find a good provider and then they can operate. And, and, and those clients are very grateful because those are my clients who, who are coming back to me with their second or third company as soon as they opened it because they know that I will tell them what to do in order to get accepted. And, and that is the kind of um, gap in the market, what we see, that not that many people is actually taking the effort and the time to explain it to them because they are not getting compensated for that. So that's why I think uh, a good PSP, just getting back to the original topic, uh, should, be, uh, should be really uh, paying attention to the personal aspect and, um, and, and treat everyone as they were not scammers, as they were legit guys but just they can't provide this and that other than putting everyone in the in the same category oh gambling company oh that definitely scammer i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deal with that yeah so we we talked about the uh we start we talked about the reliability we talked about uh the honesty we talked about the responsiveness um the you know delivering uh and what you promise is there anything in addition that uh, we didn't talk about that you think is is you would recommend that merchants look for in a, in a PSP? I would strongly recommend to also test the solution because that's when the technological aspect of that gateway will come up. That's when you really see that what is it about? Is it really uh, something that you're looking for? 
Um, also, it's very important that um, how the PSP is um, uh, is handling certain issues. And of course, if you don't test it, you you, you don't know uh, what is the uptime uh, of that uh, of that technology. Because maybe it looks amazing, but it's down. I don't know, twenty percent of the time, you will feel it as a as a merchant because your processing is getting blocked. So one thing is getting accepted and integrate the solution and and uh, hallelujah we've got someone but it's a whole different story that that once you start using it what are the little problems that you will find on the way and many times i see merchants who are starting to pay the, the integration fee and, and and put their ip on the solution without even looking at it and without even knowing what's going on so they started to integrate two weeks later down deep in the processing they are calling me and they say by the way, where do I click for a report? So, so these should be obvious, but it's not necessarily always obvious uh, that how to use that solution and, and how to take the most benefit out of that solution. Because I'm sure that every PSP is proud to have a unique selling point. We have the best, whatever, fraud prevention. We have the best... Uh, I don't know, reporting system. We have the most underlying acquirers, whatever it might be. Um, but it's not necessarily communicated to the merchant. So if the PSP want to be unique and they try to sell their solution uh, in a way that it's really benefiting the merchant, other than I need a provider and you will do because you are the first one who accepted me, then that's that's something else that I think uh, the merchant should know about. So I would really strongly encourage everyone that before you sign anything, have a chat with the provider, test the solution, see how it looks like, spend the 30 minutes, one hour to navigate around uh, and see what that that uh, that solution is really providing you with, how you can integrate it to your own CRM system and so on and so forth before you make the final decision. That's that's like an excellent point, and I I would connect this also to I try to avoid in life in general I try to avoid uh, salespeople who have sales pitches because when somebody comes to me with a sales pitch they're selling to me what they want to sell now more often than not uh, I would say nine out of ten times it's not what I'm looking to buy. Um, and it, it's just like, you know, I, I came in, uh, I think a couple of months ago, I went into a, a, a car dealership, uh, and the guy just immediately came to me. Uh, he looked at me, I guess he analyzed based on the way I was dressed and, you know, my uh, flowing blonde hair. And, uh, he said, okay, this is this, I I'd like to show you this car, but I'm not interested in that car. I'm interested in a yeah. different type of car. And we could all save these couple of minutes if you would just ask me what I'm interested in. Uh, or if he would even, you know, just didn't say anything, just look at where I'm going and what I'm looking at and come and offer some good questions. And I think this is, this is a part of the point you do have on one side, you have merchants that are not always they don't always know what they want. Sometimes you need to, especially with the startups, you need to first to have some experience. And after you have experience, you know what you're looking for and you want, I want this, but with that twist and, and you know, you need some experience with that. And the second thing you have, uh, uh, PSPs who are very proud of what they do and they're trying to push that, even if it's the wrong thing for the merchant or the merchant is not really interested in that at all. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, 
it, it's very important to, to stay, stay clear of, of the people that are trying to pitch you something and to know what you're looking for and to ask all of these questions in advance. And if you're not getting good answers, uh, look elsewhere. Yeah, it's very sales 101. I mean, uh, I remember back at the university when I was selling uh, things on, on the phone, that was the first thing that they told me, listen and don't speak. Don't tell them the pitch, just figure out what the client needs. So, of course, salespeople should know that uh, regardless of the industry, that we are uh, offering solutions. We are not offering a product, we are offering a solution. So, we need to find out what, what that merchant really needs. And many times, um, I am sending away merchants saying that come back when you have the license come back when you have the the, the website ready because uh, you are just not ready yet so if you start applying left and right you're going to get a rejection and having uh, an acceptance after a rejection is always harder than to nail it for the first time because then the PSP thinks that you're a time waster. Oh, I already have them no I'm not interested so it's better to get it right from the beginning then fail and fix and try again and fail and fix and try again. So uh, that's also something that uh, that I advise the merchants that don't rush into it. Get yourself shaped up to the, to the point when you have a good chance of acceptance and then apply to different providers. I'm going to ask you a difficult question about that because uh, sometimes from what I see, it's, it's, it's not a bad idea uh, for us to... Um, you know, to say to merchants who are unsure if we're the right solution, don't work with us. Work with somebody else and then you'll see. Maybe you were right and, and we are the wrong solution for you and the solution that you've chosen, the, the other option is much better for you. But maybe uh, it's not and you'll be able to appreciate it and you'll be able to notice the difference because right now you don't have any experience and to you it's all oranges uh, and, and you don't see the difference. But... And this is where my question comes to you. Uh, sometimes this leads to post-traumatic merchants. Uh, merchants that have been burned somewhere uh, by something and then they automatically don't trust anyone or anything uh, because of this. Um, what, what do you think is the right approach? Well, obviously, if someone disappeared with my money or gave me a really bad service after the salesperson promised me everything, then, of course, I'm a bit cautious of, uh, with that. But I think those merchants then became the merchants who are listening to us. Because then when we tell them that, listen, be careful here, uh, pay attention there, shape up the application in a different way then they will actually do it. Why? Because they already got burned by not listening. <laughs> so many times we uh, we have a lot of merchants who are coming back to us and they say that, oh, well, uh, they don't pick up the phone. And I would love to say that, told you so. Now, allow me to, to have a deeper look of the operation. Allow me to see that where your license is allowing you to, to trade and not just run into whatever pay and then sign any agreement as if you sometimes you don't even have an agreement and, and, and start giving them the money. So I think sometimes the burned merchant is actually better merchants than the one with the hopes and the dreams and the demands uh, because sometimes... Uh, Sometimes people only listen when they really uh, felt it in their own skin uh, that what can be and what can not be done. So
so so many times uh, we work with those merchants much more effectively because they are sending the, the documents quicker uh, they are more precise when we are asking for some document they are sending us what we are actually looking for not something else and 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 they leave the attitude behind and and those are the kind of kind of good merchants that who are willing to to work with us because they know if they don't then they're gonna get burned again I, I 99% agree with you. Uh, the 1% is just I have experience with people that just refuse to learn. I think it's very important for merchants to to learn from their experience. I about I think it was five or six years ago, I, I helped a, a company uh, release uh, funds from a um, uh, unregulated PSP that uh, basically ran off, uh, as you said, with their money. And after like a six-month period, we managed to uh, get the money back to the company. And two weeks, two weeks after this happened, uh, I get a call. Can you recommend a good unregistered or unregulated PSP? It's like, have you learned nothing? You've learned nothing. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, that, that happens, that happens uh, often. People have sometimes very short memories. And I think that... It's not just that they also have short memories, but sometimes necessity or or their perception of their necessity leads them to choose things that everybody looking on the outside knows that it's going to end badly. Yes, I know, but sometimes they just don't listen. Um, I'm a firm believer that everybody should spend their money however they want to. So if someone is willing to roll the dice and lose it all, they should have the opportunity to do so. So so that's why the market is, is, is balanced. Because whoever is looking for reliable providers and willing to make the necessary steps to, to get accepted by a reliable provider and process with them, should have an opportunity to do so, but whoever is processing one million and uh, you know, as you mentioned on the ice, this guy um, will find the perfect match for themselves, and then they just disappear with each other's money. And and this is this is how the market works. Um, obviously, we have the opportunity to to work with all those guys that we find uh, important and and trustworthy and. Um, and uh, ethical enough to to to, to help uh, so so we we have the luxury actually to to choose all those merchants who are willing to process under under normal conditions and regulated conditions but obviously until there is a demand there will be a supply for these kind of guys as well so I think there should be a bit more uh, information out there uh, what to look out for when you're starting to process with some unknown PSP. So there should be some kind of information about uh, how to filter out all those bad guys because many times merchants just think that, oh, it's a bank, it must be reliable. Oh, it's a it's a payment provider. Wow, they've got a website, they've got a phone number, then they will surely not do anything wrong. They just don't know better. So maybe that there should be a bit more communication uh, and some more information online about how to filter out your providers, which bank to trust and what is the difference between whatever payment institutions and EMIs and banks. And, and the merchants should do their due diligence a bit better. But at the end of the day, um, as you are filtering out your suppliers for your uh, for your uh, goods that you will resell, you should filter out your payment providers as well, and you should pay really good attention of who is keeping your money and uh, and what service uh, you're getting from them. 
True. I, I mean, you'd be surprised, or actually not, because you know we, we've been doing this for quite some time. But it's it's always surprising to me how much uh, or how little thought is put into the payment side of things. So you know, people they they spent. Uh, you know, no offense to marketing people, but they, they spend like so much time on, on marketing and branding and packaging the product and how it's going to look like and the smell that you, you get when you open the package. And then, you know, you ask them, it's like, who's processing your payment? And they give you a name that you're saying, okay, your business is going to fail. You are, you will never sell one product because of this. Um, and, and this is not something that they, 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 you know, think about or, you know, it, it, I think the biggest problem, and I, I always say this, the biggest problem for our industry is that on the one hand, we want to be taken for granted because that means that we're doing our job very well and everything is going and transactions are flowing. But then people take us for granted and, you know, they make very bad mistakes. Exactly. And you would be surprised how many how many people don't have a payment plan. So when I start to talk to them, uh, where the money is coming from, what currency, how often, where is your bank account? Do you have one bank account? Do, are, are you really parking one million on one bank account? What is the risk that it's imposing on your business? Uh, who is your backup? Or oh, you don't have a backup. So if you start to ask the basic questions that any CFO should ask the, the company at the, at the first round, you would be surprised that I would say easily 80% of the of the businesses, they just they just don't have a clue. And they are willing to pay the fees because, well, these are bank fees. What can I do? And they don't even know that, yes, there, there is a lot of room for improvement in terms of cost, in terms of eliminating the risk. And, and play around with the what-if scenarios. What if you go to work, you try to log into your payment process uh, dashboard, and it's gone? What happens if you try to send some money tomorrow and then it doesn't arrive and then you cannot log into to the bank anymore? How much does it impact your business? And this is important, very fundamental things that you need to sort out and plan ahead before the problem starts. Because when you hit the, the issue, there is no way back, then, then it can cause a lot of damage. This is actually something that we, we discussed, I think, about uh, three episodes ago about uh, doing a proper risk analysis for the business and actually having contingency plans and, and, and analyzing the impact and the likelihood of different events. So, um, you know, thank you for that segue. And I encourage yeah. <laughs> everyone uh, who hasn't done this to actually listen to that episode because uh, we go really in depth into that. Um, do we have, is there any, I mean, we covered a lot of different things, both like officially and like in between the different things. Is there any, any additional, um, recommendation that you can give to merchants, uh, about choosing their providers, anything that we didn't cover? I think the most important thing is common sense and uh, common sense is less common that, that we would think. So if it doesn't make sense to your grandmamas, probably it's not going to make sense for the bank or the payment provider. So try to imagine your operation from outside, try to explain how you do the, uh, do your business or, or run your business to an outsider who doesn't know anything about the industry because we many times fall in the trap 
and and you and me as well with the with the payment industry i'm sure that we assume that everybody is an expert on the field that that that, that we are working at so if there could be anything else that i could uh, suggest to the merchants is that try to look at your operation from outside with an eye of not being in the industry and if something doesn't make sense to you then it's not going to make sense to the bank as well and there's going to be some problems yeah I think, uh, you know, definitely I can uh, stand behind your sentence that, you know, the problem with common sense that it's not very common. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think that's that, that's something that we can use uh, to sort of sign off on this. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but I had a blast talking to you and I definitely hope that uh, we get another chance to, to do this online. Um, I, you know, I'm sure that, you know, our audience will have some additional questions or comments and I encourage you all to send them to podcast at fibonatics.com. Uh, I promise that any questions to Victoria, I will transfer directly to her and I will bring, um, her response and, and answers to any questions that will be asked. Um, Thank you. Always a pleasure and uh, yes. amazing. And in case that anyone has any questions, obviously that's that's what we are here for. So if if anyone wants to dig deep on 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 a, a certain aspect that we mentioned or has any any kind of questions to me, feel free to you know reach out to me even directly, and uh, I'm very happy to to help. Thank thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Tal. Thank you, Fibonacci. Thank you.